So Emma, you do a lot of powerlifting types sports activity. I do try to. Granted, with COVID-19, much of that has been in my own home and with a lot less weight, but still Uh, doing something. That's the worst. Yeah, I've been using a cast iron skillet to try and lift stuff. (laughs) Hey, you can cook with it and work out with it. Dual purpose. But anyways, when you're uh, when you are doing these workouts, do you ever take any supplements? I do take some form of protein powder sometimes if I can't get like enough protein from what I'm eating. I also find when I run, I try and replenish my electrolytes, which are all the different salts that my body sweats out when I'm running in this hot, humid weather. That's so important. I'm I'm a really salty um, sweater when I run, so I have to be really careful about that. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, tons of people take supplements for workouts or Emma and I talked about in the last episode that lots of people grew up taking a multivitamin, but we never really ask ourselves how these supplements that we take are regulated. We just look at them as pills and we think of them kind of like the drugs that a doctor would prescribe. In our last episode, we introduced vitamins, which is that group of 13 miraculous molecules that we must acquire through our diet in order for our bodies to function. We explained how vitamins are needed for the chemical reactions throughout the body and how deficiencies in these micronutrients can lead to diseases like scurvy. We know that deficiencies in these vitamins clearly cause disease, and restoring vitamins has this almost magical effect in curing those diseases. But on the flip side, one must wonder, can taking excess amount of vitamins be helpful? Yeah, there is actually no evidence for this. In fact, as we mentioned in the previous episode, excess vitamins can actually be harmful. You'll likely pee out the extra water-soluble vitamins, whereas extra fat-soluble vitamins can be absorbed by your fat tissue. And once, if you have too many of those vitamins, then you can eventually have toxicity. Yeah, for example, excess vitamin A, which is one of those fat-soluble vitamins, uh, can cause problems with vision, skin, and bone pain in the short term, and much more serious problems in the long term, including liver damage, if um, this toxicity lasts. Nevertheless, people still cling to this idea that vitamins are miracle pills, and companies, particularly the food industry, go right along and market them as such. Right. I mean, originally, companies were somewhat reluctant to enrich their flour and bread with these vitamins, and they had to do so under mandate from the War Food Administration. However, soon companies learned that they could not just enrich these foods, but also fortify them with vitamins. And while we know that enriching foods is important to make sure that people don't have vitamin deficiencies, you're just replacing the vitamins that have been ruined through the processing of those foods. Fortifying foods was just purely used as a marketing strategy by these companies. So companies claimed that their fortified foods would give people extra pep, strength, beauty, improved mood, improved digestion. The list goes on and on. From the success of this kind of marketing with the vitamin industry, the supplement industry was born. Vitamins technically fall under the blanket of supplements, but supplements are a much broader category than vitamins, encompassing vitamins, minerals, amino acid, herbs, and other substances. So just like with vitamins, companies began to market other supplements, including herbal and natural products, as helping people with all sorts of ailments from mood to acne, hair loss, and various diseases. In the book that Emma and I read, 
Catherine Price writes about her own personal experience trying to look for a supplement that would be effective in treating acne. And she turns to a product recommended by a particular GNC employee, which is a supplement store. And this product had sea buckthorn in it. So when Catherine Price tried to do research on the FDA website to find studies backing up claims that sea buckthorn could actually help treat acne, the FDA said they don't keep information on products such as supplements and that you must contact the manufacturer. She then called the company who manufactured this sea buckthorn and they said they weren't a research organization so they couldn't tell her how their product worked. On their website they did mention a 1999 study about sea buckthorn but that study didn't show up in PubMed which is where you can find different articles online that scientists have published. Finally the company said since she couldn't find that study she should go to a library to look for that study. So in essence wow. no one knew anything about C buckthorn but it was being sold at GNC and marketed as treating acne when that was unclear if that worked. That's so unhelpful and like shocking that they can just say go to the library <laughs> when this is how you market it. <laughs> it blows I know, my it's mind. absurd. And this is in like the 2010s plus. They're telling you to go to the library. So like C. buckthorn, tons of products line the shelves, making these claims without any data to back them up. And few people actually have the time and energy to follow up like Catherine Price did. Well, we know there's such a thing as false advertising. Did the government ever step in to regulate vitamin and supplement industries? Well, they certainly put up a good fight. So in 1993, the year of my birth, David Kessler, who was the commissioner of the Food and Drug Administration at the time, um, also known as the FDA, led a campaign to try to introduce legislation that would give the FDA power to regulate these companies, ensuring that they perform safety testing and provide data to back up their claims, just like drug companies have to do for the medicines that we take. However, what followed was one of the largest propaganda campaigns our country has ever seen. You see, Kessler was attacking the vitamin and supplement industry, a billion-dollar industry, and they organized a grassroots campaign convincing people that vitamins were under attack and that the government was trying to control what, what they could eat. In particular, the FDA received really bad press for their handling of a particular case in Washington State in 1992, where the FDA raided a clinic selling one of the very, very few actually supplements that's so bad that it's banned called L-tryptophan, which we'll discuss a little bit later. But anyways, in this incident, an armed sheriff was involved because the doctor was refusing to open the door to the FDA regulators. And basically, this fact shocked the public and got way blown out of proportion celebrities even pitched in to promote vitamins at this point. So Mel Gibson, for example, took part in a public service announcement referencing this infamous raid. And in the ad, uh, armed special forces broke into his house with guns blazing. And he's just there innocently saying, it's only vitamins and saying, you know, vitamin C, like in oranges. It's actually a pretty effective video if you watch it. Oh my gosh. I I couldn't believe it. Yeah. Maybe we'll post a link to that video. (laughs) Never mind that this ad is a gross exaggeration of what actually happened. In the court of public opinion, our precious vitamins were under attack, is how the country was feeling about it. So at this point, legislators were receiving thousands of letters and calls from their constituents, and the unpopularity of the legislation about vitamins and supplements quickly became apparent. 
Even though Kessler put up a passionate fight comparing these vitamin companies to snake oil salesmen of the early 1900s, he was powerless against the unpopularity of the legislation. And by the time the Dietary Supplements Health and Education Act passed, it was basically hollow without many of the things that Kessler had originally uh, put forth in this act. But back to your original question, Emma, as far as advertising is concerned... This act that was passed, which is called DeShia, gives some guidance on what companies can and cannot write on the label is pretty much all the power that they have. So since supplements claim not to be drugs and that they want to be regulated differently than drugs, this legislation orders that companies cannot claim to cure disease. In fact, all supplements are required to have a disclaimer that says that the product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. However, supplements can make certain claims, such as health claims. Health claims describe a relationship between a dietary supplement and reducing the risk of certain health conditions. See the semantics here? Instead of saying a product prevents cancer, companies can tout that their product reduces the risk of cancer. It's important to remember that a relationship is just an association, and we know that correlation is not causation. But that doesn't stop industries from using carefully crafted language to mislead people about what their product actually can do. DeShia also does give the FDA some power to crack down on these companies, but only after the products are on the shelves. Unlike the drug industry, when it comes to vitamins, the burden is on the FDA to prove that a vitamin or supplement is unsafe before it can be recalled. Because supplements aren't regulated by the FDA like drugs are, companies don't actually have to do any safety testing or show any evidence that what they list as the ingredients are actually in the product. This can lead to the presence of certain contaminants not listed in the ingredient description, and you'll be shocked to find out what some of those are. Oh yes, we'll tell you. (laughs) So DNA analysis of certain herbal supplements by third-party companies have revealed Antelope and deer horn, donkey skin gelatin, earthworms, human placenta, bat feces, cicada exoskeleton, wingless cockroach, bear gallbladder, charred human hair, and my favorite, toad skin secretion. And even more worrisome, many supplements have been found to be spiked with prescription drugs like anticoagulants and beta blockers, even controlled substances like steroids. Yeah, which, I mean, clearly you could say if you're taking a supplement because you're an athlete wanting to improve your energy or something and it actually had steroids in it, that could be a real problem for you. Yeah, I mean, I think when they found these contaminants, they were at pretty low levels, which is a good thing. But still, if you're buying something, you don't want to be paying for toad skin excretion as well. Yeah, that's not good. Especially if you're a vegetarian, a lot of those contaminants are animal products, which is not something you want to be eating if you're a vegetarian. But beyond contaminants, if supplements are not regulated at all, can herbal products be dangerous by themselves? Yes, actually. L-tryptophan that you mentioned in the Washington Raid is a perfect example. So L-tryptophan is an amino acid, which is one of the building blocks that makes up proteins in our body. L-tryptophan was promoted by the supplement industry to be useful against insomnia, pain, depression, menstrual cramps, and obesity in the 1970s and 80s. So it sounds like a pretty great supplement. Since the FDA, however, doesn't regulate supplements, none of these companies had to do any safety testing. Unfortunately, in the early 1990s, L-tryptophan was found to be linked to 
eosinophilia myalgia syndrome, or EMS, which is a devastating disease that causes shortness of breath, fatigue, and tremendous incapacitating muscle pain. While supplements have clearly taken on a life of their own and should be approached with extreme caution, I do want to take a moment and point out that it it is important for certain people to actually take vitamins if they're lacking something in their diet. So for instance, vegans do not eat any animal products, so they might be deficient in vitamin B12. So how can you identify if you are a person that may need to take extra vitamins? And how do you navigate choosing a safe or effective source to buy those vitamins? Yeah, I mean, a person should definitely loop their doctor into this decision-making process. So your doctor can help you by running tests to identify whether you have deficiencies and they may be able to recommend, you know, certain food items that you can add to your diet to remedy this situation without supplements. There's a link in the notes actually about which vitamins are typically found in which foods if you're curious to shift this balance in your own diet. But further, if you are taking any kinds of extra vitamin or supplement already, you should definitely disclose this information to your doctor. But at the same time, keep in mind that your doctor might not necessarily have training in nutrition and be a nutritional expert. So it's important to also do your own research and be your own best advocate when it comes to supplements. That's right. And as we mentioned above, supplements have not been rigorously tested for safety and efficacy. And further, they have the potential to cross-react with other medicine you're taking. The most infamous example of this is St. John's wort, which is a supplement that many people take to cure depression. And ironically, St. John's wort can actually interfere with and decrease the effectiveness of other medications used to treat depression, such as Prozac. So with those very important caveats in mind, um, there are some steps that you can take to identify sources of supplements that at least contain what the label indicates. So the U.S. Pharmacopoeial Convention is an independent nonprofit organization of scientists that performs testing on supplements to evaluate the identity, purity, and potency of supplements. You can easily look for the USP verified seal on your product to know whether this group has evaluated it. But please be careful because some companies will just print the letters USP without actually going through the process of getting their product evaluated. So the best way to check out which supplements are USP certified is to go to the USP website where they list all of their approved products. Getting data from a trusted third-party group is probably the best way to evaluate the quality and safety of a product. And if you think about this, this makes sense because this third-party group They did not make the supplement originally. They're not getting any money from the supplement, so they can be kind of an unbiased source of information. And USP is just one example of these third-party groups. Other independent organizations that evaluate supplements include ConsumerLab.com and the National Sanitation Foundation, or NSF. ConsumerLab does charge a fee to access the data, which isn't great, but kind of understandable because it costs money to run all of these tests and pay the staff running the experiments. But USP and NSF are free because they charge the companies to print their official seal on the product. And we're adding the links of all these organizations in the sources and also in a separate comment so you can easily find these helpful websites. So Emma and I decided to do 
our own little research project where we both picked a supplement company and tried to look up more information on it so we could see, you know, how how transparent each company is and what information was out there that we would want to know if we were taking these supplements. So, uh, Emma, which which company did you pick? So I did some research and one of the top companies I found was Nature Made. And these vitamins are USP certified, and they also have a claim on their website that they are the number one pharmacist-recommended vitamin and supplement brand. In doing a bit more digging, I found out that they are the number one brand for certain vitamins, in this case A, B, C, D, E, and some others, so not every supplement. It does make sense that they aren't the top vitamin makers for every vitamin. It looks like every year there are surveys for pharmacists to recommend their top brand of vitamin for each kind of vitamin or supplement multivitamin, calcium supplements, fiber supplements, etc. And NutriMate is consistently on the top for some of the vitamins and supplements. What did stand out to me as well about NatureMade was that they design clinical trials for their vitamins, but more importantly that their vitamins have been used in other scientific studies that the company did not personally fund. That's so important. As soon as that company is paying for that research, there's a conflict of interest. Um, So it's great to see that it was funded by independent sources. So NatureMade is also USP verified, meaning that their products have been evaluated by an independent company. And lastly, NatureMade on their website, they don't have a ton of claims on their website that are hard to prove or back up. They say they keep up with the literature and they cite literature from scientists doing research And some of the other vitamin or supplement manufacturers that I looked at online praise their special technologies and have flashy graphics about how their technology works. A lot of other supplement makers in the nutrition field use a lot of marketing gimmicks. And NatureMade didn't really utilize those gimmicks on their website and instead let their products and their qualifications speak for themselves. Thank you for that review of (laughs) NatureMade. Rachel, what did you look at for your supplement? Yeah, I decided to look up Ritual because I feel like I hear about Ritual on every podcast I listen to. (laughs) Oh, those are like the really pretty vitamin bottles and... Yeah, it looks like a bunch of pearls like falling out of them. (laughs) Yeah, so the Ritual's whole shtick is transparency, so I wanted to see whether or not this was actually true. So I just went on their website and instantly you can see that, you know, they list all the ingredients that they're using... And this includes where they bought each ingredient. You can click on the ingredient and learn about its form and function, as well as what foods that supplement is normally found in. So there was, you know, it's kind of an educational type website. There's a lot of information there. They also have information about their manufacturers that make those ingredients they purchase. So they list the companies that manufacture the ingredients, and they even post interviews with employees at these manufacturing companies. And finally, they also list research articles about the health benefits of each specific ingredient. So you can, you know, it's not quite a link to PubMed, but you can copy and paste and and look it up in PubMed to see, you know, why they say they're making claims about what. Ritual also did a clinical study, much like Nature Made. But there's one very important difference here is that I couldn't find out for sure because the study hasn't been published yet. It's very recent, but it seems like Ritual funded this research. Mm, yeah, that's a little little conflict of interest for sure. Yeah, 
that's not great. But it's still like very encouraging to see that they at least put the effort towards trying to do a clinical study at all instead of just empty claims. So anyways, in this clinical study, it was a double-blind study where women took either a placebo pill or their ritual essential for women supplement for 12 weeks and then the group measured multiple outcomes including blood levels of some of the vitamins that they were supposed to be taking including vitamin d and omega-3 and on the website for ritual they boasted that the blood levels of these micronutrients were increased in ritual takers compared to the placebo but again, the paper isn't published, so we don't know all of the details. And when I went to clinicaltrials.gov to find out more information on the clinical trial, I saw that they were actually measuring some other outcomes, which they don't talk about on Ritual's website. So one of the outcomes they measured was mood, which would be really interesting to see whether the supplement actually had an effect on improving mood, which is something they claim to do. But they just don't say anything about it, and there's no study published yet, so we don't know. Mm. That is interesting. You would think that they're probably not saying anything about mood because maybe they didn't see what they wanted to see. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) But again, we don't know. And finally, I tried to see whether the ingredients in Ritual had been evaluated by a third party, such as USP, and they are not. So even though they are really careful about listing out all these ingredients... You just don't know because no one has taken that pill and studied it to make sure what's in there is actually in there. I think they are a newer company, though. So maybe the more people they have buying their products, the more USP would be interested in doing some of those studies. But Definitely. And I didn't go as far to check the manufacturers to see if that if the products they're buying are already USP certified, but still, I mean, when you're combining a bunch of different things into a pill, um, seems like that should be assessed at the end of the day. Definitely. But yes, so Emma, what's the verdict on vitamins and supplements? Well, from this wonderful two-parter on vitamins, which you can go listen to the first part if you hadn't, we've seen that vitamins are clearly essential if you don't have some you're going to get scurvy or beriberi or <laughs> other vitamin deficiency diseases. However, it's really important to approach extra vitamins and supplements with caution. I think the journalist slash author Michael Pollan said it really well. He said, we still haven't gazed into the soul of a carrot. So deep. It is. There is so much we do not understand about nutrition. And what we do know is that most vitamins can be obtained through a healthy, balanced diet. And it's probably the safest to get your vitamins this way. But if you do want to look for supplements and extra vitamins in your life, please be careful to do your research. (laughs) No sloppy science, because then you might get hurt. (laughs) 